All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Crush Cast. You're going to love this one today, Stuart Roberts. Stuart joined us just a little over a year ago, which is shocking to me. I have seen you at so many different events. I feel like I've known you for years. So welcome today, Stuart. I look forward to catching up. Thank you, Jim. I, I'm excited. You probably feel like you've known me for years just because, you know, I drag on you or something. No, no. It's because <laughs> there's so many different places, so many different events where we're together. Uh, I'd love to go back to when you decided to join us from a competing firm. Just love to hear what your thought process was when you initially made the decision. When I was making the decision, um, I started down the road in, I want to say, February of 21 and didn't make a move until May of 22. So it took a long time. Um, truthfully, you know how you kind of make a connection along the way and you wake up, you know, things happen like that just all of a sudden. I met Stephen Dunbar in yep. our first meeting and I went, you know what, I kind of like this guy. We might be able to work together. Yeah, I don't remember when that was exactly, but I was, I just had to hear some things and learn some stuff. Uh, so I was probably April, May, no, excuse me, uh, March, April of 22. So it was, it was just that process of that first meeting where I went, you know, I'm not a number around here. I like that. So you felt a connection and Stephen's extraordinary. And so that was a little bit different from other discussions that you had had. And yep. then how did it progress from there? And like, ultimately, were there two or three primary reasons where you decided that Equitable Advisors was going to be a good home for you? We we went through the process. You know, we talked a little bit. Um, I had some ideas about what I was really looking for. You know, I was looking for things like, you know, I, I want to be part of the team. I want to have the ability for succession. I want to obviously run my own practice. So those things were coming into play. Um and then Stephen talked about some opportunities that I'd never really thought about in other places in the industry, um, you know, specifically working with some associations, um, opportunities in different products that I wasn't used to or had never thought about. Uh, Coil is one of those. Yeah. Um, and then just the idea of the size and scope of an expanding independent practice that I had never really thought about. And specifically what that means is the idea of, of forming as inequitable terms a firm yep. and not only bringing some existing colleagues into it, but then over time we can work to bring some other uh, experienced hires into our firm and what that does to build everybody's wealth along the way. So my partners, my new hires, me, everybody, just that opportunity is really unique in the industry. I mean, I, I looked at all kinds of stuff. I mean, even sort of what I call silly pie in the sky ideas of doing things like sort of starting my own RIA or my own yeah. fee only business. So I looked at everything under the sun and just the, it was just a little bit different shake. I also like the hybrid idea. You Schedule C is a good deal. Yeah. It, it, it I, love, I was actually looking today at, um, my business uh, expenses. And I thought, well, that's kind of about the same as income tax. I'd be good there. So. Yeah, no, it, it is a great structure. Well, how about the transition itself? When people are considering making a move and joining us, I know one of the things that has their foot on the brake is how are my clients going to respond? What was that process like or those discussions like? So obviously you can't talk to anybody in advance, right? Yep. That's everybody knows that one. 
Um, but for the most part, because the firm I was coming from, uh, I, I would call and say, you know, here I am. I've made this move to equitable advisors. Here's some reasons. And most people went, oh, great. Thank you. I don't want my mm -hmm. money to live with those folks anymore. So that was kind of nice. Um, but as a group, people would ask me, will this be better for me? And my answer was, of course, yes, because I felt like it really is a better place. Um, number one, they just didn't have to worry about things as much. There wasn't the um, brand name in the news that something bad was happening. But for the most part, people that worked with me, that were my clients, they they made a shift. There were a couple surprises. There will always be a couple surprises. There were a couple of surprises where I tried to leave people at my old firm. And about a month later, they showed up on my doorstep. Mm. I didn't really want them to come, but they came. And then there were yeah. a few that I really would like for them to have come with me. And they said, no, um, it probably there was like a great example of that. Uh, a lady who, if you picture the ESG investor, she's right there. There's her picture. She hits checks every single ESG box there is. And I did a great job introducing her to an ESG product at my old firm. They have a very nice product. Um, I introduced her to that and she said, I just, it's just a perfect fit. I said, I yeah. know, but I had to ask you anyway. Sure. <laughs> so, you know. sure. Anyway, the transition was easy. And then I think uh, Lisa Von Vogel, her team, Michael Warren, uh, did a phenomenal job in, in helping me set up and, and keep track of things as I was making the transition because, you know, they knew how to make, um, how to smooth the process. They knew what to tell me I needed to get from my client, you know, personal information. You don't need a statement. That thing, that part was nice. And then they helped me keep track of it. Um, you know, ultimately it's a lot of work because you think about it and you're trying to convert, in my case, it was 10 years of work into just a few weeks of transition, but we managed to get it done. Um, you know, the bulk of transition was done in about 90 days. And then yeah. at the end of the year, literally uh, about noon on the last day of the year, I closed the book on my transition with sort of the last transaction that I thought of as purely repositioning someone from my previous firm. So about seven months to get everything moved over and all buttoned back up. Yeah. Now, one of the things internally that we say to each other, we talk about how special our firm is because of our relationships and because of our culture. I wonder, you know, coming from your perspective where you've joined us just over a year ago, what's it been like for you? What, what's your observation? Oh, I, the culture that everybody talks about. And part of it, Jim, is I, I think I've been really, really fortunate to have the opportunity to be involved in some recruiting events that, that I've met you at, the uh, Diversity Summit. I saw you at our Impact Day in Atlanta. Um, the group is, the, the number of advisors that come to these things is relatively small. So there's an easy interaction with all the different people in Equitable, whether it's management people, whether it's colleagues, whatever it is. So I think that's unique in that it's, it's easy to come together in relatively small groups with, with people that make a difference. And then with my peers, um, what's been interesting there is the easy ability to create partnerships and um, to work together. Um, you know, I, I looked up and I, I came from a stocks, bonds, cash planning world 
And I didn't really know very much about how to use, I knew how what they were, but I didn't know how to use life insurance. And so we're building partnerships with uh, other advisors who know how to use it, right? So not knowing how to use it is, you have a hammer that you don't know which end to hold. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the, the culture is, for me, is, is a big thing. Because I, I always say that I've met people all up and down the whole organization. Nick Lane's got flowers growing in his flower bed. I gave him some seeds because of a comment I heard he made. And then I met him at an event. Yeah. Um, you know, I've met you. We've been to run together. I met David Carr. Um, you know, I've met a half a dozen district managers around the country um, and, and been able to help them with events. And it's just, I can't imagine a better place to be. Like my new expression is I'm a round peg in a round hole. It just fits me. That's so good. Well, it, it feels like it has worked for you both personally and professionally. You yes. and I share uh, a love of cycling. Yes, and absolutely. I recall a discussion one time where we were talking about what's your longest ride? Would you mind sharing your longest ride? This is eye popping. Well, my longest ride has boosted since we had that conversation. Oh, come on. You know, my longest ride now is 191. Oh, Single day? Single day. Yes, oh. that was, um, I, I did it with, uh, so I'm involved with a, a group called USA Rondonering. And they're, basically it's a group, it's not a competitive cycling group, but we you do long rides, you know. And they kind of get involved and get excited about things when you cross 60 miles. Yeah. And, um, so they have a series that you, you know, you ride a, 100 miles, or no, you ride, they do it kilometers. So 100 kilometers, two, three, four, 600. And then every four years, you go to the granddaddy Super Bowl of Rondoneering, which is a 1,200 kilometer Paris Brest Paris in France. Um, so I'm kind of thinking about some of those things. So I, yeah. that's, I've, that's why I've moved off the deep end. So and if you're interested, October 21st, Buddy and I are going for another 200-mile bike ride if you want to come on down. So you're going to break the 191 for those that have not. I mean, that is wild. That's a, a solid 10 hours of cycling. It had to be. We rode. Uh, I did that with another friend. Um, that's 300 kilometers. Just keep in mind, Julia, my friend that went with me, she did 600 over the weekend. But uh, it took us 14 and a half hours. Oh, it was it was the longest day of the year. We started early in the morning or the longest Saturday of the year. We started early in the morning um, and so finished up right around dark. I have so enjoyed connecting with you and getting to know you and on every level, personally, professionally. But like that is an outrageous accomplishment. And I love the fact <laughs> that, you know, you're swinging for the fences to break that. Let me ask you a question, a closing question for you. Uh, so much going on in your life. What are you most excited about when you look ahead, look at the future? I guess I got, to, well, work-wise, I'm excited about the partnerships I'm building, right? Because I look at this and I think, man, that's the piece that just, it's a, it change, it, the trajectory of my career can change from here and grow exponentially. And then the other part that I'm excited about, obviously, I'm, my love of cycling, I've been a cyclist since I was 13 years old, and it's now so much more fun than it used to be. So those are the two places that I'm super excited about things that are going on with me.
You know what's unique and inspiring about you is you are constantly in pursuit of getting better. Thank you. It's just clear. Uh, you love meeting new people, you love new experiences, and you're pressing, you're trying to figure out in every element of your life, I wonder if I can get better. And that's what makes it so much fun to hang out with you. Stuart, this has been a great discussion. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. I enjoyed it.